Welcome to Still Dead. I'm story expert and immortal babe, Lonnie Diane Rich of Chipperish Media. And I'm researcher and Southern Fried Scholar, Dr. Kelly Jones. And I've been an eternal child of darkness since 92, 1992. <laughs> and we're here today to talk about Angel Season 2, Episodes 9 and 10, The Trial and Reunion, both of which are watchers. We know we're probably going to regret this. In fact, being prescient, we're sure of it. But what the hell? Let's raise the stakes. In the trial, Angel discovers that Darla is dying from the syphilitic heart condition that was killing her before she was made into a vampire, and she only has months to live. She goes out to find another vampire to turn her since Angel won't, but Angel tries to find another way. With Lauren's advice, he undertakes a trial in three challenges, the final challenge being trading his life for Darla's. He makes the choice, but in the end, it's the choice that matters, not his actual life, and he defeats the trial. Just as the trial's butler is about to restore Darla, he says he can't. She's already been brought back to life by supernatural means, and it appears that even in the world of the supernatural, there's a Eula with a lot of fine print. Unable to restore Darla, he lets Angel and Darla go. They return to her motel room, where Darla is changed by what Angel did for her, and accepts that dying the way she was supposed to in the first place is her second chance. Angel promises to stay by her until the end, but then Lindsay bursts in with a bunch of goons who hold Angel down while Drusilla enters, bites Darla, and feeds her, turning her back into a vampire again. The trial aired on November 28, 2000. It was directed by Bruce Seth Green, who also directed season one's In the Dark and The Prodigal. The story was written by David Greenwald, and the teleplay was written by Douglas Petrie and Tim Minear, both of whom are fantastic writers. Doug Petrie is one of my all-time favorites, so anytime I see his name on anything, I get very excited. And with good reason, which should move us smoothly into the pH scale, known as the Perfect Happiness Scale, on a scale from zero at stake this to six at lost your soul. Kelly Jones, what's up with the trial? Oh, man, this gets a six. (laughs) No (laughs) question. Angel sacrifices everything he has for a woman who may not be able to understand that kind of love. But watching him defeat the trials changes Darla in a way nothing else could have. And yet after all of that, Angel still loses. And Drusilla, his biggest regret is the undoing of it all, right? So -hmm. we don't get life or peace for Darla, but there is a dark poetic sort of justice here for Drusilla. And it's so beautifully done. Mm -hmm. We see Angel take this leap of faith only to lose his faith. And oh my God, like I can't even... But at yeah. the very end, when Drew comes in and she turns Darla and she keeps her eyes on Angel while Darla is feeding, like, oh, my God, I can't even. Mm-hmm. I just can't. It's I perfect. Know. It's perfect. It is. It's so incredibly good. I mean, aside from the narratively unnecessary flashbacks, but that's only a problem if the narrative is your primary value. And pretty much that's just me. So I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. Um, <laughs> but I do love the flashbacks in and of themselves. Like they're really well written. They just don't have a, like a real narrative space there, but that's okay. I love the relationship between Angel and Darla, the fruitlessness of his task, everything he's willing to sacrifice 
sacrifice to save her. And that, of course, is what saves her right before she's turned and she loses the soul that she just got to Lindsay, Wolferman Hart, and Drusilla. It's amazing. And of course, Drusilla being the the person who comes in and takes this away from Angel after everything that Angel did to her mm-hmm. when she was a human and turning her. I mean, it's just, it's so incredibly good. This is a six for me. Yeah, it's so freaking fantastic. And it's funny because normally the flashbacks are like my favorite part. Yeah. But I am so caught up in the present day of this story. I like the flashbacks, but... They weren't as strong, perfect happiness moments for me as the present. They're which is completely very unusual. unnecessary. I mean, yeah. they're they're good. Like I love, you know, and that brings us into moments of perfect happiness, which my first thing is talking about Angel and Darla and the flashbacks. So we'll just go ahead and move right into there. <laughs> um, I love what they've got there. I love Angel saying they should go to Romania. We have Holtz, the vampire hunter, which is something that you're just going to want to keep in your back pocket for a mm-hmm. while. No spoilers. Um, you know, Darla finding the bright side of things. Um, and I love that Darla abandons him in a burning barn. And oh, says, yeah. Meet me in Vienna. <laughs> um, I love all of it. Like the, the scene itself is fantastic. The moment to moment work is fantastic. It's just that it doesn't have a narrative purpose in the overall structure of the episode. Um, but it's really fun. I love the, you know, let's go to Romania. That is a nice little, I mean, basically, this is just for anybody who has been, you know, into the continuity of the series. This is kind of almost like an Easter egg. It's just really fun. But it's the stuff that happens in the now that I find so incredibly compelling and so good. I love Darla, you know, First of all, finding out, you know, she's going to die, you know, that's it. She's dying and she's, you know, she's got a couple of months left. Um, she goes to talk to the geeky vampire in the bar, which I just <laughs> friggin' adore. But I'm left with the idea like, A, who turned that guy? And B, like, who just left him to like wander around as a vampire? Like, who didn't, like, how could somebody meet that guy for more than five minutes and not kill him? Yeah. Uh, to me, I think it was, it was somebody who screwed up. I think it was a new vampire who didn't know what they were doing, accidentally turned this guy and was like, I'm not taking responsibility for you and just left him. <laughs> yeah. Know? Or like some kind of like frat yeah. prank gone very wrong. Yeah. Some I don't know. Some kind of hazing. <laughs> this guy is such an idiot and I love that whole thing where she takes him outside and she's like have you ever thought about making yourself a mate and she's like walking him through this whole thing it is friggin adorable and then of course Angel dusts him you know yeah. right there um, and trying to save her from herself and she says I picked a stupid one I always pick the stupid one <laughs> yeah, she's, she's good at the insults and it cracked me yeah. up with her like walking this virgin vamp through the steps yes. of turning her you know only to be interrupted by angel saving her mm-hmm. um but he tells her you know he says if if you turn i won't be able to leave you alone i will mm-hmm. have no choice but to track you down you know like he knows he's gonna have to stake her again yeah and he says, i mm-hmm. don't want that not again and yes. i think we can see how much it hurt angel to kill darla before 
Right, which is something we didn't have. That episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was the seventh episode of season one called Angel, where we learn, you know, that Angel is a vampire and we get a little bit of his history um, and he kills Darla. We didn't have, of course, at that time, I don't think the writers knew that right. there was going to be this kind of history between Angel and Darla, you know. Um, but it's it's so wonderful when you think about what that took from him. They were together for 150 years, you know, and even though he never loved her and 150 years you never made me happy and all of that stuff there is a deep bond between them because of everything that they've been through which is what we're seeing with all of these flashbacks you know um but it's just so it's so incredibly good and you can see the power of what that experience did to angel he carries the weight of you know 240 years of of just his history and the things that he's done and the atonement that he's been chasing and having killed Darla, I think is something that, that weighed on him very heavily. And I love seeing the weight of that now in this episode. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love when things get too heavy for Angel, Yeah, that that is now when he goes to Lorne. I know. And he brings Darla to Caritas. And it's so wonderful because Julie Benz can sing. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a wonderful song. They give her this like torch song. It's just fantastic. And um, and as he's, you know, watching her, you can see that Lorne is just overwhelmed with everything he's picking up off of her. Like there is so much going on and then you know he gives angel the address and the place he can go for the trial if he wants to you know try to try to save her and he says i know i'm probably going to regret this in fact being prescient i'm sure of it <laughs> right <laughs> and lauren is just i love him he's so fantastic every time he's on screen he just makes me happy inside but i also i just love the way that he is relating with darla the way that he's he's seeing what she's going through and he gets the whole picture you know it's so fantastic yeah and there was a lot of steel under the surface of yeah Lauren this time I loved it first he's being sort of flippant um mm -hmm. talking about Ramon the bartender which answers our question from a previous episode about how yes how the bad guys knew to send Angel to the fake Swami and when Lauren was talking about Ramon he said he's off the menu now <laughs> it was like, yes, yes, Angel, I know people try to kill you, but that's a daily occurrence for you. Meanwhile, I just lost a world class bartender. Right. Like, Angel Cakes is not all about you. And it just <laughs> cracked me up. But he's really being very serious, you know? Yeah. I mean, he tells Angel to shush up and listen to mm -hmm. the bridge. And in the bridge of that song, Darla is singing about the sunshine that she's needing. Mm -hmm. And we know that this is a woman who hates the sun. And so like the poetic irony of that just yeah. spoke to me. But the look on Lauren's face and Darla is singing and she's so beautiful and her voice mm -hmm. is so strong. But Lauren only has eyes for Angel and the look on his face is so intense. Mm -hmm. And Angel says, shouldn't you be reading her? And Lauren says, I'm a channel surfer. Right. Because I don't know that it would be possible to read Darla without also reading Angel. Mm -hmm. You know, and Lauren totally yeah. understands that. And he's trying to make Angel understand, you know, you can't always win. He's right. Just, you're mm -hmm. missing the crucial point. Things fall apart. Not everything can be put back together no matter how much you want it. Mm -hmm. Which struck me as really interesting because Angel has made an art 
out of not wanting things. Right. You know, he resists every form of desire. He resists every form of temptation. But now he wants to save Darla. And more than that, he needs to yeah. save Darla. And yet he yeah. can't. Mm-hmm. You know, and he is not going to accept that no matter what, you know, he takes. And so he sets off, you know, Lauren sending him to face the hell in the high water. And yeah. then we have this idea of Angel and his faith again. Mm-hmm. No, um, one of the things, just bumping back on something that you just said, this idea of Angel not wanting anything, right? We found out about uh, the Shanshu prophecy, right? That would give him his humanity back if mm-hmm. he served a purpose. And I think that has been the seed to his darkness and destruction as much as Darla has been. I mean, they brought Darla back and Wolferman Hart sent Darla to him. But it was from that moment, he wants his humanity. He wants yeah. to make a difference. He wants this thing. And so with wanting things, you get into unhappiness, right? Isn't that the basic, like, is that the basic Buddhist tenet? I don't know. Alan, uh, Chipper Alan will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, (laughs) Well, I think it's the idea of attachment. Right. attachment and, and or desire, desire yeah. right that it's it's that it's that desire for things that makes you huh. unhappy and that if you can just accept everything the way that it is without wanting but here we have angel who has been able to kind of live in that space right you know, um you know that makes me think you remember um Brene brown talks about you can't selectively numb yes well mm-hmm. maybe you can't selectively want either right so by mm-hmm. waking up one desire and, you know, in that case, his desire to be human, to save people, all of which are noble. Yeah. Then it opens up that space for him to also want Darla and to want to save her. And so while the prophecy may have opened that space for a purpose for him in a stronger way, Wolfram and Hart, who, you know, also gave him mm-hmm. the prophecy, I mean, or was the source right. of the prophecy, has now tapped into the shadow side of that with Darla. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think it's really interesting because I think that 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 has been the thing that has kept him, you know, in this kind of almost ascetic path, Mm -hmm. you know, don't want anything, don't need anything. You know, he's just got a mission. He's just going to do it, but he doesn't feel anything. And now we see him feeling, we see him wanting, we see him obsessed, you know, he he has to save this woman. Yeah. And he told Darla before, like, when he was trying to have her embrace her humanity, you know, he's mm-hmm. like, you can feel your heartbeat to know once and for all that you really are alive. Maybe wanting, you know, maybe having some kind of desire is what makes Angel really alive. Yeah. And that's also what sets him up now for this path and this struggle and this conflict that we're going to see him follow. Right. No, oh, I mean, I it's really, this. it's really <laughs> great. It's really great. So we have Angel going out with Darla to this empty, abandoned swimming pool. Um, you know, and I love this because it is his leap of faith. Like we've had him talk about faith mm-hmm. a lot. And it's always been kind of in this weird way. And we've never really understood like, you know, like what that is about or where that's coming from. Um, but we have Darla saying, Angel, some greenhorn lounge singer tells you to do something and you just do it. Why? And Angel says, I'm either coming back with a cure or you're about to see something kind of funny, yeah. um, <laughs> which I love. I love Angel's sense of humor. So he dives into this space, goes through these trials, eventually is faced with this choice, you know, your life for hers. You want to save her? You got to give up your life. And he just does it. 
you know, um, one life matters. Saving a single life matters, even though, you know, as the butler says to him, and we're going to I'm going to go off on this a little bit when we get to our research questions. Um, but he says, like, you're going to go out, you're going to save people, you're going to do great things. Darla? Probably not, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, probably not going to do like the, the, the scale of good that can be done by you versus Darla, you know, it definitely tips in your favor. You're the champion, you know, but here you're going to give up your life. And the thing is that the whole time the butler was talking, like, as soon as Angel knew what the choice was, the choice was made. Yes. There was no need to talk about it anymore. He was going to do that. And then to go back have him be given that life because it wasn't his sacrifice that was required. It was his choice that was required, right? Mm-hmm. And to find out that Darla can then not be saved, yeah. like, that's wild. But I do love the butler, though. Yeah. I do kind of love he the was butler. A <laughs> I love the butler needs his shirt and his shoes. And I'm like, oh, please, you don't need that. <laughs> you just want to see David Boreanaz is back. And like, I get it, dude. You know, I get it. Like, I'm with you, you know. Um, but it's funny because, um, uh, because you know, Angel says, spare me. And Butler says, I'd very much like to. And there's a certain point throughout this, like, where he, the butler is obviously falling gradually in love with Angel. Well, right? of course. <laughs> How could you not? He tells Darla he has no feelings about this one way or the other. I'm like, yeah, my ass, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, he might have some big feelings. Yeah, yeah. maybe and who just could haven't possibly been stirred in a while. <laughs> who could possibly blame him? Yeah, oh. <laughs> I don't know, honey. Angel rolls into like a dark lobby, and candles light, and he takes his shirt <laughs> off. He turns around, you see that tattoo. I'm like. I might be redesigning some challenges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I imagine we'll be getting moment. to that. <laughs> I imagine we'll be getting to that in the Still Thirsty oh. segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, I really did like, as soon as he arrived, the butler said, well, you certainly have faith. Now yeah. we'll test your valor. As if Angel's faith was solid and his valor was in question. Mm-hmm. When the truth is the opposite of that right Mm -hmm. and and that was just fascinating to me and you know he said okay with this trial life is the bargain here Mm -hmm. so if angel had failed then darla would have died immediately well darla also didn't sign up for that so choices are being made for her and i'll i'll Mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit more later but the trial consists of three challenges and so i am head canoning that they vary to suit each challenger Mm-hmm. Because, first of all, if no one has ever survived that first challenge, and I mean, I find that sort of hard to believe. We have seen other great warriors in this yes. world. Mm-hmm. But the second and third were designed specifically to torture or kill a vampire. Yes. So, like, mm-hmm. what are the odds, right? I mean, if right. I had to do challenge number two, I'd just be strolling my ass down that hallway and sticking my hand in the bucket and grabbing the keys. Exactly. Like, right. You know, no problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I kind of wish that they had called that out. Yeah. And then I mm-hmm. wish that all three challenges had been related. So like two and three definitely go together for vampires yes. for the choices. But the first one really didn't like we mm-hmm. all know vampires are strong. I would have liked to have seen it be let's call specifically on the weaknesses of the vampire, like right. on the, the limitations of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't generally like seeing people cut in half, although I appreciated the intelligence of Angel figuring out how to use that chain. Right. Um, See, and- what I would have liked is if he had to fight Darla as a vampire, but it wasn't Darla. Ooh. But it was it was the image of Darla that he had to defeat 
you know, a vampire Darla, like he had to kill her. Although that would be an escalation. That would be like a third, you know, like he has to kill her again or something like that. I feel like there could be something in an escalation like that. I mean, I know that they want to have a fight scene. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to have a fight scene. Right. But to have something, you know, that um, that would be like a personal difficult challenge for him. Oh, my God. What if he had to fight Angelus? Right, or Angelus, right, if he had to fight himself. Hold on, I'm sorry. I got to have it still 30 second right here. Three, two, (laughs) one. Okay. Damn, the visual of that. (laughs) That would have been pretty cool. That That would have been been really cool. Um, But I did kind of like in the first challenge, you know, Angel has to to chain each half of that Mm -hmm. guy up separately. Yes. So Mm -hmm. it was a splitting into parts, which was the opposite of integration. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that required strength and strategy. And, and mm-hmm. I thought that that was good. And then that second one with the long hallway with the crosses carved, you know, all over the floors and walls. Yeah. Well, the skylight opens so that the mm-hmm. moon reflects down on them. Yeah. Why not just line the wall with torches? Because if I wanted to kill a vampire in a challenge and I had a skylight, I would just make it during the day. Right. Like, exactly. It would and be how's really he going to get through that? Exactly. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so what he really has to do here is is choose pain, right? He's going yeah. to burn mm-hmm. his feet, his chest, his hands. And so it's mind over matter and willingly accepting pain to run towards more pain. Mm-hmm. So they're right. testing, you know, that in, in that endurance. And the butler mm-hmm. says, in this place, the journey is all. Mm-hmm. And so what is it about a journey of willfully accepted pain that leads to this idea of valor? Like, I thought that Mm -hmm. that was that was really interesting. Um, Yeah. So they tested Angel's strength and ingenuity and courage and endurance. But then they're going to test his resolve and his willingness Mm -hmm. to truly sacrifice himself. But that final challenge is an entire wall of wooden stakes. And y'all, they only need one. You only need one. That stake that's going through like his knees. Yeah. We just need the one through the heart. Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. we didn't need that. Um, right. Well, what it, what would have been kind of neat is if he'd managed to like avoid sunlight, you mm-hmm. know, in order to get through or whatever. Right. And then you walk into the sunlight, then you save Darla. Yes. That's how you save Darla yes. by going toward the light. Right. Exactly. Because he has to because he's chained up. Right. You right. know, and then there's this wall of stakes looking at him. But he like he has to actively if the whole point is that he actively chooses then you make him walk into the sun yes you know especially the sun that somehow he just avoided i mean why open a skylight if it's moonlight what's the point i'm just yeah but i did like that that it did come down to consent Mm -hmm. and choice you know angel asked Mm -hmm. what are you waiting for the butler Mm -hmm. says for you sir i can't proceed without your permission you've earned a choice Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's a hell of a thing to say to someone who you have in chains. Right. Exactly. Right. And exactly. so like, I think the butler and Holland Manners have like the same working definition of choice. Right. And they have not correctly defined their terms. Right. But then when all that's over, you know, an mm-hmm. angel has faced death and he's given up his life and he's restored and they try to heal Darla and they find out they can't, which honestly, I think they knew all along. Um, right. I think the purpose of that trial was for Darla to watch it. It yes. wasn't for Angel mm-hmm. to succeed. It was for Darla to see an aspect of humanity that she has never seen. 
for her to be loved Mm -hmm. and fiercely chosen in a way she never has, because that is what it takes for her to want to save her own soul and for her to accept her death as a human. Right. So, like, I think that that was the whole point and purpose. Like, there was no way she was going to remain human and healthy. None of us are guaranteed a certain amount of time in this life. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I think the point of it was to show her and to help her get to that decision you know, with some peace behind it. But right. then we, you know, we see Angel just completely break down and tear up the room and punching that column until he just collapses mm-hmm. against it, sobbing. Yeah. And then he starts to reconsider turning her. He's like trying to talk himself into it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't, maybe since I have a soul, it'll be different. And she's like, no, Angel, I've seen it now. And I've mm-hmm. seen how you care. And that's all I need from you. Yeah, And like, I thought that that was beautiful. She can accept death. She chooses to remain human. Um, You know, Angel tells her he's going to stay by her side and they have this beautiful moment. Yeah, And then Lindsay walks in. (laughs) I know, which is so good. But the thing is that like right here in this moment, Angel did save her. The trial did save her. He was successful. He he got not what he asked for, but what he needed mm-hmm. and what she needed. Right. So the fact that that happened, it didn't happen the way that he wanted it to. But the trial did do what he what he needed to do, which was save her soul. I think so, too. And it was in that moment that Darla became truly human. And then Lindsay comes in with all the goons and it's Drusilla and Drusilla bites her and then feeds her like this breastfeeding thing staring down Angel the whole time it is so freaking good it is so I mean, freaking oh my good God. the, the, the yeah. music and the tone yes. and the lighting yes. when she walks in that room mm-hmm. holy holy God it is so it's well so done good. but I was really thinking about what you just said about Angel saving her Mm-hmm. And then Lindsay, you know, interfering because Lindsay is trying to give Darla what she said she wanted. Angel's right. trying to give Darla what he believes she needs. Yes. And I think you see the difference there between mature and immature love. Yes. Because Lindsay just wants Darla to stick around. Mm-hmm. He wants to be around her. He wants her to be alive. And like the question of her soul doesn't concern him. Right. Whereas Angel is willing to give her up. If that means mm-hmm. keeping her soul intact. And I think the the contrast between them there is beautiful. And mm-hmm. you see Lindsay like with this sort of smug expression on his face. Like, yeah, I am going to be the one who comes in here and brings Drusilla. And, and plus, you know, serious research points to Lindsay for tracking Drew down. Oh, um, hell, hell yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Come on. Hell yeah. Kid knows what he's doing. <laughs> but when she is feeding off Mm -hmm. you know drusilla and darla's you know being turned there are tears in angel's eyes that do not fall yeah Yeah. and that moment is so goddamn beautiful and Mm -hmm. it's just so fantastic all the way through and all i mean it was just gorgeous yeah but i kind of love that it's Lindsay, and like the reason he's doing it is not to fulfill wolfram and hart's evil bidding Mm-hmm. You know, part of it is to get back at Angel, but most of it is because how he feels about Darla. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's um, it's so fantastic. It's so good. I love this whole thing. And I mean, Lindsay is 
so great. And Wolfram and Hart, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff with uh, with that as well in my moments of perfect happiness. Oh, yeah. So what do you got? What do you got for Lindsay? So with Lindsay and Wolfram and Hart um, mm-hmm. and Holland, like there was yeah. like, there was like a great triangle there between the three mm-hmm. of them. Um, when Lindsay, first of all, at the beginning, Lindsay tracked Darla down even before Angel did. Yeah. You know, he mm-hmm. finds her in the hotel. He's like, you're a hard mm-hmm. one to find. He brings her back to Wolfram and Hart and says, thanks for coming in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Darla's right. like, did I ever have a choice? And Holland yeah. says, of course, we would never force you to do anything against your will. Because Holland truly doesn't understand the meaning of that word. Yes. He is like the master of pretending to make choices that are not really choices at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And Darla says, it wasn't my will to be here in the first place. And Holland says, well, God doesn't give us a say in these matters. And mm-hmm. I love that Darla comes right back with, God wasn't the one who brought me back. Right. This was a mm-hmm. Wolfram and Hart special project. Don't try to feed yeah. me this, you know, this line. And Darla's relationship with God. Yeah. You know, like the that Holland Manners would specifically choose that construct, you know, to to work with Darla shows either that he doesn't understand her at all or that he does and he's really just baiting her. Oh, I think we find out he has no, he does not understand her at all. He does not understand no. her at this, all. <laughs> Holland has made some serious miscalculations. <laughs> right, Darla. right. Well, and there's no clarity. I mean, this is the thing with, with Holland Manners. There's no clarity in what Holland or what Wolfram and Hart wants, like what they're trying to do to Angel or how all of this fits into some kind of grand plan. We're just told that they have a plan. Mm-hmm. But we're not really sure what it is. And, you know, fair enough or whatever. Um, but also, I have to say, Lindsay got a haircut. I love the haircut. It's so much better than the sheepdog. Thing. No, no. I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. They cut Lindsay's hair. No. I was like, thank God they cut Lindsay's no. hair. It was so terrible. <laughs> I need it long. I need it to grow out. No, it made me so sad. <laughs> oh my god and i love though i love angel busting down Lindsay's door yes. and then Lindsay's like come on in whatever yeah. wipe your feet wipe you your know feet. it is so <laughs> adorable but also like the busting in of doors is just such a thing nobody turns the knob we're crashing <laughs> through windows we're busting down doors it's just i swear to god like one of these days somebody's just got to like walk into a place but he's always busting down the door <laughs> the locksmith's in LA are having a boom. Oh, yeah. They are just working 24 seven, just <laughs> following around after Angel. Um, but I love the two of them. And they are, they're like brothers. There is something they are bonded. They are deeply, deeply bonded to each other. But I see a brotherly relationship between these two. I don't. Um, oh, you don't see that? <laughs> I see a bond, but I don't see them as <laughs> brothers. Uh, um, I mean, like, Angel, when Lindsay invites him in very casually, mm-hmm. like, wipe your mm-hmm. feet. I invite you in All already. Right. Jesus, yeah. dude, I'm just sitting here drinking my whiskey. And right. Angel comes in at full force and grabs him mm-hmm. by the throat. And Lindsay's like, does it really look like you need to throttle me for information? And Angel <laughs> says, need to? And I'm sorry, y'all, but Angel likes getting a little rough with Lindsay. <laughs> All right. So you see a romantic slash sexual kind of thing going I on here. Do. I see brothers. I see brothers. I see I see two guys who are just, you know, in this, this oppositional space. Not, they just I, want to get I at each other. I see some boiling tension that doesn't have an outlet. 
Okay. All right. No, I think that that's good. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Everybody, you know, uh, fill us in on your thoughts. Oh, yeah. Hashtag still dead because I want to hear where people uh, people come down on that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like, yeah. and I like the fact that Lindsay is so earnest, right? He's yeah. had 10 medical evaluations done for Darla, including from his own personal doctor. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then Angel says, if I turned her, how long do you think it would be before she hunted you down and had you for breakfast? And then he kind of smiles and he says, I got to say, that thought alone almost makes it worth it. (laughs) Right. I don't think Lindsay cares. I I, I don't think Lindsay cares if she kills him. We see. Yeah. We're going to see that later. Yeah. That it doesn't. No, it's it's very cool and very interesting. Lindsay gets more and more interesting to me as we move through. Mm -hmm. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. All right. So. We hit all the major points, um, but we also have like the team. You know, yeah. we don't see much of them in this episode, but what we see, I really like. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wesley and Cordelia are working together to help Angel get over Darla. Um, Gun's only there for a hot minute, but he's good while he's there. Um, you know, we get some really fun moments with uh, Cordelia and Wesley, like threatening Darla, which yeah, I think is that really was really cute. good. <laughs> They're very fun, and so like I, I like that we're not um, having. Having, we're not playing them for stupid jokes or sexist jokes from Wesley. Um, I hate when we play the team as stupid. Every time we see some a member of the team being smart, it's it's to me a step in the right direction. Yeah, and I really loved the team with Darla. When yes. you know Angel's mm-hmm. like, "You're not a prisoner," and he leaves, and Cordy's like, "Look, let's get this straight. You are a prisoner. <laughs> you are completely, you are completely a, prisoner. a prisoner. Yeah, yeah." <laughs> I like this moment when uh, Cordelia is talking about the difference between demons and lawyers. And she says, yeah, but you were just soulless, blood-sucking demons. They're lawyers. And Angel's like, she's right. We were amateurs. <laughs> Such a great line. It's really, really good. And at it's the, really good. At the very beginning, when Angel comes down, um, with the, he's doing the laundry, which also delighted me to no end. Right. Like, Angel mm-hmm. loves warm, soft towels. <laughs> yeah. And... You know, we find out that he sent Gunn in search of Darla while he's pretending to be over it in front of Cordy and Wes. Right. And Cordy mm-hmm. says, you know, we're not going to enable you in your addiction. So mm-hmm. is that why he went to Gunn instead? Because he's more vulnerable with Cordy and Wes than he is with Gunn? I think I think that's part of it. I think also that Gunn is, you know, Gunn's not questioning anything right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Gunn's not deeply invested in whether angel guns like you got a task for me fine i'll do it right you know um so i think that he's relying on gun a lot more because gun is just about the job yeah like he's not worrying about angel you know losing his mind and gun i think is not there you know all day every day the way that cordy and wes are he's not um he's not emotionally invested mm-hmm. in angel and his well-being the way that cordy and wes are so cordy and wes are you know are like in this family space and gun is in a co-worker space yeah that makes sense yeah 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 so i think that, that all right so what do you have to stake only a couple of things. Um, yeah. The overabundance of stakes in the Moonlit Path at the design specifically to test the Valor of Vampires with Souls trial. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted them to call out that it was bespoke for each challenger. And then, like yeah. we talked about, like twist that mm-hmm. up a little to be yeah. more specific to Angel. But the thing that struck me after watching this episode again, and this is one of my favorite episodes of mm-hmm. Angel, but the trial struck me as very patriarchal. Because Angel Mm -hmm. is acting as a champion for a woman, again, 
but Darla's choices are still being made for her. Right. Why can't she complete a trial on her own? Go on her own quest instead of having a champion fight for her and then be free to make her own damn choices. Well, I will say, I think that there is an argument that that is exactly how the trial is bespoke. Because she has to see what he would do for her in order to really understand what that means. And, you know, and she said, you know, this is because this is the way that he saves her life. This is the way that he saves her soul, saves what needs to be saved. Darla has to see him doing that. So if we do believe that these are that once he dives in, once he has that leap of faith, right, Mm -hmm. they build the situation to get him what he wants right? That is the trial. And it was and that the trial is the bespoke situation. That was the only way that Darla was going to see what she meant to him, what he would do for her, right? Even after everything that they've been through, and after everything that she's done to him, not just before, you know, when they were vampires together, but since, right? You know, she shot him in the kneecaps twice. (laughs) She left him in a burning barn. (laughs) She left him in a burning barn. She tried to make him eat a baby. She did try to make a meet a baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, And I, I agree with that. I just, it's still being done for her. And then she yeah. does make a choice, but she's not mm-hmm. active in the quest. Yeah. And I, no, I mean, I would completely agree with you. Absolutely. On all of those points, except that I think that maybe that's the reason why this is the challenge that it is. Okay. I can agree with that. I think, yeah. I think maybe that's it because the whole thing works for me. I mean, this really mm-hmm. is a six out of six. It's fantastic. Yeah. It is a six out of six. The only thing I've gotten to stake this are the flashbacks because they're not <laughs> narratively necessary, but whatever, it's fine. And I think that the trial could have been maybe um, a little bit better, a little bit tighter, mm-hmm. a little bit more focused, mm-hmm. you know, um, on those challenges, give him the choice to walk into the sun, I think should have been an option for him, mm-hmm. um, rather than the wall of stakes or whatever. Um, but regardless, like, I think it's all so good that that's, that, that's nitpicky stuff. Yeah. That's all I got for, for staking this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So back in research mode, what do you got for research mode? Okay. So when Lindsay and Angel are talking, Lindsay says, I don't want her to die any more than you do. Mm-hmm. And Angel kind of looks amused, you know, and he says, yeah. do you love her, Lindsay? I was with her for almost 150 years. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay comes right back and says, but you never loved her. Right. And Angel says, I wasn't capable of it. And neither are you. Lindsay says, maybe not, but I'd save her if I could. You can and you want. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. First of all, we know that vampires can love. Yes. I don't Mm -hmm. believe that Darla and Angel did not love each other. I just don't. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. why would Angel say, I couldn't and neither can you? I mean, Lindsay may be evil, but he has a soul. So, like, the lines between love and soul and all of that are getting very, very blurred here. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if if Angel's comparing, like, what he felt for Buffy to what he felt for Darla, or if he thinks Lindsay can't love her because Lindsay doesn't know her yet or what but I'm like love and saving and the soul these ideas keep shifting a little in the way that we see these relationships play out and I was just really curious about 
what all of that means. Well, I think that there, I think that there can be love. Like we saw that with Spike and Drew, right? right? I mean, it was, it was a twisted kind of love, but they did love each other. He definitely loved her because he's got this idea of a romantic, you know, but the kind of love that you can feel without a soul, I think the soul is, is not the path to goodness, but it is, it is the, like the key that opens the door to empathy, Mm -hmm. right? And if you don't have empathy, you cannot love, not fully, not in the way that people with empathy can. You know, um, psychopaths, sociopaths, even people with narcissistic personality disorder, they don't love in that way. They they will want somebody as as something that will get them whatever it is that they want. Mm-hmm. You know, they will pretend to love people, but they can't. Right. So I think that saying that Lindsay can't, Lindsay's damaged in a lot of ways. I'm not sure that he he moves into that that particular space, that particular segment of humanity that simply cannot love. Right. I don't or cannot so. even understand love. I don't think that he's there. But Angel, as a vampire, I could see that, that he and Darla had fun together. He and Darla had a, you know, had a good time. She leaves him in that barn. Mm-hmm. That's not love. Like, she may have loved him in as much as she could have, and he may have loved her in as much as he could have. But I don't think that it is the true kind of love that maybe, maybe the soul doesn't open you up to goodness, but it does open you up to love at that level in that way yeah it's just it's one of these times when the english language fails me because we don't have enough words for we don't we don't have enough words for love and we don't have Mm -hmm. a word that would describe the kind of bond that would hold people together for 150 years and bring them back together after insolment lost souls one killing the other like Right. That kind of bond, if it's not love, and I guess that's the closest word I have for it. Right. I don't have a term for it. Then what is it? Well, yeah. And I mean, you were talking about mature versus immature love, Mm -hmm. right? And what is that? definition. I mean, I think like, I, I don't remember where I got this from. I know Jenny Cruzy said it to me. She was quoting somebody else. And I don't know who the original person is. So I cannot cite my sources here, but somebody will pull it up. Um, it might have been it might have been Eric Fromm. I don't know. But it was that um, immature love is I love you because I need you. And mature love is I need you because I love you. Oh, I like that. You know, Um, and that it's that love, mature love, the love in and of itself is the source of everything else. Mm -hmm. You know, and immature love, you know, the kind of love that maybe vampires have, the kind of love that maybe, you know, sociopaths and, and, um, and personality disordered people in this particular, you know, realm, uh, antisocial personality disorder might have is the I need you. And therefore, I will pretend to love you for as long as I need you. But when I don't need you anymore, boom, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so so I think that there may be something in that reflection mm-hmm. with these people. And I think that Angel needs to believe that that's what Lindsay is. I think Lindsay is something more complicated than that. Yeah, I think so. Too. Um, and I, I don't think it's that simple for Lindsay. I think maybe the difference between mature and immature love would be, I mean, I really like how you put it, but immature love is I want you to be mine. Mm-hmm. And mature love is I want you to be happy. Yeah, even if or that to be mean, yours. or to be yours, right? Like even if that right. means letting go of everything I want. 
Like you, right. you're putting so that immature person. love is about possession or being and mature with. love is about yeah. right. Yeah, and yeah. Lindsay mm-hmm. wants Darla to be around, whether she has a soul yeah. or not. He wants right. You know that he doesn't want her to die. Mm-hmm. The reasons behind that and what it ultimately means for her do not mean as much to him as what he would face letting go of her. Right. And what she wants is not his concern. Right. Like when he busts in at the end of the episode, he doesn't say, Darla, is this what you want? Right. Right. There's I mean, it essentially is. There's no consent involved in that at all. They just grab Darla and then Drusilla does her thing. Yeah. And that's it. And it, you know, and it's a delayed wish fulfillment. He's going on old information. Right. She had told him. But he doesn't ask her in that moment. Nobody asks her. Nobody asks her any of these Mm -hmm. choices. And like one of my research segments here is there's this big arc or idea of wish fulfillment in season two mm-hmm. and how that goes very, very wrong for a lot of characters. Yeah. And we're starting to see it now because mm-hmm. before Darla had wanted to be a vampire. Well, Lindsay got that in his mind. He's going to make that happen. He doesn't even care anymore if it's what she wants, because now it's what he wants. Right. He's going to fulfill that quote unquote wish for mm-hmm. her. And yeah. when Angel is getting ready to die for her, the butler says, are you still ready to give your life when she can promise you nothing? And Angel says, mm-hmm. yes. The butler says, as you wish. Uh-huh. So then we have this other, you know, wish fulfillment that does not turn out the way Angel wanted. Right. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. And I think you we're, we're going to see specific. a lot more of this uh-huh. wish fulfillment as season two rolls on. And I love it. Yeah, no, it's going to be a really interesting theme. Um, So the thing that kind of got me thinking in research mode was Angel's decision, right? Um, Even faced with the knowledge that his life is going to mean much more in terms of overall good done. Mm -hmm. And Darla's will likely mean much, much less. She's not likely to go out and be a champion helping the helpless, right? right? You know, (laughs) she's still Darla, (laughs) like even with the soul, she's still Darla, Mm -hmm. like she's not going to necessarily do a lot of good. Um, but he still makes this choice to sacrifice his life for hers. And it got me thinking about the philosophical school of utilitarianism, which holds the idea that the, the most moral action is the one that creates the most happiness for the most people. So it treats good like a mathematical equation. You weigh the happiness granted by the action, whatever it is, against the suffering that that action would cause. And if the happiness for the most people wins, then that is the moral action. And this is not a very solid school of thought. It has been no, picked apart, have you know, endlessly. staked this theory more than once. Yes, on the show. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's bad. But it got me thinking about, about Angel's philosophical school of thought. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I asked a philosopher friend of mine if there was a school of thought that prioritized the individual in a very specific situation that one life has extreme value. And he said there actually wasn't one. So I made it up. It's the angel theory of individual good. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) And it goes something like this. For every individual life or soul that you save, either emotionally or physically, then you create an opportunity for that person to also go out and do good. It's sort of a butterfly effect, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they can also choose evil, but that's their choice, right? But if they go out and do good for others and continue to contribute to the overall good, you've just created a chain reaction in which more overall good is done because then it's just not you. Mm -hmm. 
So basically, it's the moral philosophy equivalent of and they tell two friends and they tell two friends and so on and so on and so on, right? It's a combination of the ultimate value of a single life and its ability to positively affect other lives and a Fabergé shampoo commercial from the 70s. But anyway, so that's kind of what I what I pulled together from this is that Angel is always looking at the individual. Mm -hmm. You save one person at a time. It's not about how can he make this efficient? You know, how can he do the maximum amount of good? It's you've got one soul, you save that one soul, and then you move on to the next soul. And that's just what you do. And if those people in the end, because you saved them, are able to contribute more good to the world, you know, then then that's something that has, you know, this cumulative effect over time, Mm -hmm. right about the good that they do because you saved them. So I don't know, it was just kind of something that I thought was interesting. And it's something that we don't see, like, at least as I mean, this guy's a PhD in philosophy. So I'm guessing he knows, right? You know, the guy I asked. Um, So I don't know. I mean, it, it seems strange to me that there isn't there isn't much thought about that or that we haven't seen many people like kind of put that out there. And I guess because it's, it's kind of a weak theory. No, but still, I, don't I think, think this so, is angels theory. This is actually a, a conversation I had with my philosophy professor. Oh yeah. Uh, really? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I was struggling so much between um, Kantian ethics and utilitarianism. Mm-hmm. And I finally just right. like threw down the textbook and said, all of this was written by a bunch of men and none of this works yes. for me. And yeah. she's like, because you care about individual people. And individual mm-hmm. relationships more. And she's like, you need to start reading feminist philosophy because mm-hmm. there's this idea of um, there's a great book called Women's Ways of Knowing that mm-hmm. sort of opened up some of that space for me. Yeah. But as far as like one formalized theory that you would take in philosophy 101, I've never found it. And it's it's mm-hmm. why I don't enjoy studying philosophy in the abstract. Yeah. Because it, mm-hmm. it is such a huge gap and it has always bugged me. I love your made up structure, your framework, baby. It's fantastic. Oh, okay. I don't know. I just, I just had the thought. (laughs) I I had the thought and I was like, is there, is there a school of philosophy for this? He's like, no. (laughs) So, you know, whatever. Um, But I think the power of the individual that there's something there and it's definitely something for Angel. This is definitely how Angel sees the world. It's about one soul at a time, one person at a time. And the big picture is he's not concerned with that. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, so I thought that that was fun as far as uh, little tiny things throughout the episode that I kind of noticed. Um, Angel says, supposedly, uh-huh. like, you know, <laughs> this Wolferman Hart showed her some medical files, supposedly proving that she's only got a few months left to live. Uh, this, of course, because of the episode of Friends in which Joey cannot comprehend the fact that supposedly is not a word supposedly <laughs> supposedly no it's okay um and i actually like rewound it and watched it a couple times and watched his lips when he said it. he totally david boreana said supposedly and i was just tickled by that so. <laughs> um so this little thing that i really liked at the beginning was wesley explaining to cordelia how men talk about their emotions oh. over tea <laughs> And yes. he's like, when Angel comes down and he's like, I'm going to let this go. I'm not worried about Darla. And Wesley just smiles and he's like, we had tea. And then yeah. Gunn bursts in and tells Angel what he found out about Darla. And, you know, Angel leaves and Wes is like, did we learn nothing from the tea? Oh, <laughs> it's very, very sweet. I love Wesley. Sweet. And I think it's it's less a, a man thing than maybe a British yeah, thing. Yeah, it know. was just really cute. <laughs> it's like, kind of adorable. Did we learn nothing from the tea is going to become my nothing. new, like, did, did we not get this lesson <laughs> right. down? 
All right. So Kelly, go ahead and brood for us on the trial. So the trial sends us into a wonderful dark arc for season two. We see Mm -hmm. Angel fail and yet find salvation in failure only to have it snatched away by Wolfram and Hart. And I think this is the first time that Wolfram and Hart has truly stepped up as the antagonist Mm -hmm. that they're capable Mm -hmm. of being. Yeah. So our conflict is rising. We, we've we now lost Darla. She's going to be a vampire again. We have utter devastation in a very poetic space. And we are ready to move forward with all kinds of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And we got Drusilla. Yeah. Back it's good stuff. In LA. It's good <laughs> stuff. And now we can move right into Reunion. In Reunion, Angel goes to stake Darla before she rises, but she and Drusilla put up a fight and escape. As Angel tries to find them before they do any more damage, the team is a bit resistant to follow along, but they do, until Angel half-asses a call from the powers that be. Angel continues on alone, crashing into Lindsay's office in Wolfram and Hart, literally, and facing down Holland Manners, who can't seem to care about all the innocent lives that will be lost because of his actions. Drew and Darla eat their way through a boutique and then go to Holland Manor's house for a wine tasting. They corner Holland, Lindsay, Lila, and a bunch of red shirt lawyers until Angel comes crashing in to save the day. But when Holland asks for help, saying people will die, Angel just can't seem to care and shuts the door, locking the lawyers in with Drew and Darla, who begin to feed. Back at the Hyperion, when Wesley, Cordy, and Gunn tell Angel he's gone too far, He fires them all and is back to where he started, truly on his own. Reunion aired on December 19th, 2000. It was directed by James A. Cotner, who also directed 12 more episodes of Angel, and was written by Tim Minear and Sean Ryan. Ryan also wrote First Impressions and will be back later in season two to co-write Blood Money and to write Belonging. All right. So, Kelly... On the perfect happiness scale, zero, stake this, six, lose your soul. Where are you with reunion? Six with like an infinity (laughs) sign. Oh, great. (laughs) This is all dark and twisty, baby. Mm -hmm. Wolfram and Hart wanted Angel Dark, and they got more than they bargained for. This mm-hmm. is the beginning of my favorite storyline in season two and some of my favorite story of the whole show where the angel and jealous line blurs. will see him fail and fall and give absolutely no fucks all while still having a soul. So mm-hmm. the trial was foreplay at its finest, but reunion is the rising tension to one hell of a ride and I am here for it. Oh, that's awesome. For me, Reunion's a five. Mm-hmm. Um, Reunion is really good. But right off the trial, right off of saving Darla's soul and then having that snatched away, it feels like the releasing of a breath rather than the intake. So I'm just giving it a five. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it is it is really good. Um, it's still a fantastic, shocking episode, a mixture of pure fun and horror, both at Drew and Darla's massacre and the onset of Angel's Darkness. Mm-hmm. And Angel is a show, crosses lines that Buffy will not. This is one of them. I love it. I think it's great. I love it, too. And Drew and Darla give me so many moments of perfect happiness. All right. Well, let's start there, <laughs> so then. So we, we get, you know, Drusilla's going through this motion to, like, put the traditional ritual in place to, mm-hmm. you know, for Darla to rise again as a vampire. And she has this connection to the stars. You know, she likes to be out in the night sky and... 
she says, I can hear them singing to me. And I just, mm-hmm. there's a musicality to Drusilla always. You know, oh she's God, dancing she's to a song in her head mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And I love that about her. And we yeah. have all the fighting, you know, Darla <laughs> and Angel, Drew and Angel, Darla and Drew. And is there a record for most broken windows in a TV show? Because, yeah. yeah. Because Angel's Angel's got to have it. I mean, that is insane. But I love when she hits him in the head with a shovel. (laughs) That is honestly like one of my favorite parts of anything. I want a gif of that. So good. And then there is that one second where he could have Mm -hmm. staked her. You know, we have her in this white nightgown. She looks up at him and she says, Angel. And he pauses. And then we get Charlotte Batmaning off the roof. <laughs> no, that is so fantastic. I love, love, love that whole thing. Although I was really, I was kicked out of it a little bit because when you see him first approaching this like makeshift grave where she's covered Darla up, Julie Benz is under it. You can see her breathing so quickly yeah. because she's buried alive yeah, that was, in that moment. She ugh. must be so freaked out. And so when he pulls the shroud like off of her face, you know, and you see her and she's supposed to be still dead. Her heart is beating like pounding. You can see her. I mean, like in the shot, you can see her pulse in her neck. Mm-hmm. She must have been terrified. And so all I'm doing in that moment is feeling the actress's terror at being like, you know, put in this, you know, being buried alive kind of situation. Um, that made me feel so bad. For oh, her. yeah, I, I couldn't have done that for a million dollars. <laughs> no, it was but but once we get out of that, once we start fighting, it's all good. And I don't I don't feel that anymore. But in that moment, I just felt so bad for poor Julie Benz, because that must have been just terrifying her breath is so clear underneath that that (laughs) soil and it is so terrifying i feel really bad for um but i love when she jumps off the roof i mean yeah vampire darla is just serious business (laughs) so it's really and then of course drusilla completely disappears and angel's like what (laughs) (laughs) and then we have you know darla and drew they're so great and when Darla first shows up at Wolfman Hart. Lindsay opens the yeah. door and he sees her and he smiles. And like, yeah. I'm like, baby, I've tried to warn you. You're not listening to me. She's not there for you. <laughs> you yeah. Know, and she just throws him across the room. I and know, she, which is so she awesome. She grabs Drew. And I love how Drew holds out her arms yes. for her. And then Holland mm-hmm. gives Lindsay that little snide, healthy attachments. Lindsay like oh my god and when they're fighting in the street and Darla is Mm -hmm. like she's still angry you know and she didn't bite Lindsay so like she Mm -hmm. hasn't fully crossed that line yet and she yells at Drusilla she says why why did you do this to me and Drusilla says you all for you I I thought this was what you wanted to be saved and yeah. then Darla takes her in her arms and she's stroking her hair until that dude bro interrupts them. And then like Darla drinks right. him dry. And then she's know. back. You know, uh-huh. and Drusilla says, oh, you're all new again. Yeah. It's so fantastic. It is really, really good. I mean, I love the whole thing. <laughs> I love when they when they come into Holland Manor's um, wine tasting mm-hmm. and they're just taunting. Yeah. You know, and they've got all these new outfits and new hair oh my God. somewhere along the, the ha- line. Uh, Darla's hair? Darla got a hold of a crimper. And- yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Like <laughs> it's, it's like, so it's, it's so great. So fun. But Drusilla won the outfit in that. Oh scene. yeah, that red number mm-hmm. that she's wearing. Holy, 
holy God, these women are gorgeous. And I love how they're all decked out to crash that party. It's great. (laughs) I know. And I love Drusilla going up to Lila and being like, you have beautiful skin. And Lila's like, I moisturize. (laughs) And she was like, that was thoughtful of you. (laughs) And and I love it. it. Like Drew is kind of high on the ecstasy Mm -hmm. of of all that, Mm -hmm. you know, danger that they put these people in. And she says, people huddle together, crouching in fear. And Holland says, yes, I imagine that's what it would have been like in the war. And Darla says, no, now. She means now. Right. And I love that Drusilla is see she's hearing sirens. And Lindsay mm-hmm. immediately understands why. He says yeah. she senses what this place was built for. There is like some deep insight to Lindsay. Yeah, no, there really is. Like, his moral compass does not point true north. No. I mean, we've got that, right? But he he does have, I think, empathy. Mm-hmm. He does have an ability to, um, to put himself in somebody else's situation, to see things through other people's eyes, yeah. you know, and especially Drusilla. So few people understand Drusilla. I mean, even Darla. Right doesn't always understand Drusilla and Darla was with her for like, you know, a couple of centuries right. there, you know? Um, but Lindsay gets it. Yeah, Lindsay totally And I like that. It. And he's smart and insightful. He's smart. He's insightful. He's always level-headed. Well, mostly he's always level-headed yes. mm-hmm. and he's, mm-hmm. he's not afraid, you know? And, yeah. and I love that he can think under pressure. He's, you know, he sees things that other people don't see. Um, Mm -hmm. And I like it. And I like it in comparison to Holland. Right. Because Holland Mm -hmm. sees Lindsay. Like Holland has Lindsay's number. But -hmm. otherwise, Holland makes a whole lot of mistakes. You know? Well, yeah. Yeah. I think Holland sees Lindsay in the ways that Lindsay is like Holland. You know, I think that's what it is. So it's it's really interesting because Holland um, Holland isn't as smart. No. He isn't as insightful as Lindsay. And that ends up, of course, you know, bringing him to his his death. Yes. So uh, so what are your moments of perfect happiness with the Wolferman Hearts? OK, so Holland is trying to play Darla, right? Yeah. He says, why settle for a spree when you could have, say, a massacre? <laughs> Dude has no idea who he's messing with. <laughs> right. And when Angel breaks into that office, um, Holland's like, I don't believe we've had the pleasure. And he tries to shake mm-hmm. Angel's hand. Angel says, I'd be careful who you offer that hand to, Mr. Manners. You just may lose it. Isn't that right, mm-hmm. Lindsay? And, <laughs> but Lindsay comes right back with, there are worse things to lose, aren't there? So, like, yeah. just this constant tension between the two of them. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. And when Holland tells, you know, Angel, Angel's trying to explain a lot of innocent people are going to die. And Holland says, and yet, I just can't seem to care. And then we get that perfect repeat from Angel oh, yeah. at the end. Yeah. And then Angel gets arrested again and Lindsay's walking mm-hmm. him out to the police car and he says, our firm may not want you dead, but I'm cool with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I love this song. Yeah. And then when they're trapped in the wine cellar, you know, everyone is horrified and terrified except Lindsay, who is yeah, actually right. smiling at Darla. Mm-hmm. Like he loves mm-hmm. the beast within the beauty and she senses fear from everyone but him. And she right. asks him, why aren't you afraid? And he says, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I care. Right. I guess I just don't mind. Right. And like, he's mm-hmm. so at peace with the idea that, yeah, she could rip him apart. And mm-hmm. it's very, it's just really intriguing to me to have that in him as a character. Yeah, that he's not afraid. Right. 
you know, which is really interesting. I care, but I don't mind. Like, you know, because one of the things that that Angel said to him was the first thing she'll do is have you for breakfast. And he's just like, whatever. Right. You know, like he's on a path and he doesn't, you know, like however it ends up is how it ends up. He's not he's not invested in the outcome. Mm -hmm which I find really interesting in Lindsay and, and really fun. And this whole thing is incredibly fun, you know, and I just, I love that moment, you know? So like when Angel throws back, he does that call back to Holland Manners, mm -hmm. you know, it's so hard and it's so dark, um, but so fascinating, um, you know, which brings me to all the Angel stuff that I love in this episode. I love, you know, Angel, he separates from the team, mm -hmm. right? He goes to see Lindsay alone, but he takes the team to Wolferman Hart, you know? And uh, and he's trying to get them to come with him and all this kind of stuff. And I like Gunn, who was like, you had me at everyone gear up. You know? <laughs> I <gotta> love Gunn. <laughs> Which is really, really fun. Um, and then on the way, right, Cordelia has a vision. Mm -hmm. They go to save this guy who's going to kill himself for Morgog. You know, Angel's like, boom, takes the gun, throws it away, like whatever, and just completely half-asses it. And that's when the team leaves him. Mm -hmm. You know, they were with him up until that point, but that's when they leave him. That's not part of it anymore. Next thing you know, he's crashing through the window, Warferman Hart, right. you know, um, confronts Holland and Lindsay. And then we see him, you know, chasing down Drew and Darla, finding them in Holland Manor's, um, you know, uh, wine cellar. And when he says... And yet somehow I just can't seem to care when Holland Manners asks him for help um, and shuts the door and locks it from the outside. Yeah. Right. And presumably, like, I have no idea, but the wife who was dying on the floor invites him in. Mm -hmm. And then it, apparently, you know, because she could go and unlock that door if she was OK. I think she's probably not OK. Um it's it's just it's so cold. Yeah, and but when he does that though, Lindsay smiles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that's interesting. It is so interesting. And Angel walks away with all mm -hmm. that screaming behind him. Yeah, you know because he came to say the one thing to Darla that he needed to say. He said, "I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't get to you in time." And yeah. Darla says, "I'm not." And like that's mm -hmm. why Angel was there when he left the team. He told them, "I have more important things to do." Right. Like his, this purpose, mission, whatever, uh, -uh gone, mm -hmm. done. Yeah. And he leaves, you know, those lawyers trapped and walks away. Yeah. And Lindsay smiles and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. Lindsay understands. Like there is something Lindsay sees in that that mm -hmm. no one else sees. Well, right. You know, and if they want him dark, they don't want him dead. Mm -hmm. They want him dark. Then Lindsay knows that they've accomplished that. But like right in that moment, he's going to be part of a massacre or witnessing one. Right. I mean, that can't be like a good feeling. And those are his coworkers. Though he doesn't really care that much about them. <laughs> but yeah, it, it feels it feels weird to me because He's invested in taking Angel down. He wants to destroy Angel. And I guess because Angel going dark like that is part of that destruction. Oh, yeah. That that may be the thing for him, that he's feeling good about that. Like, you know, whatever whatever else is going to happen here, I know I got him. Oh, yeah. I know oh, I yeah. broke him. He thinks you know? he invested Angel. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, that's that whole thing is beautiful and dark and disturbing and wonderful. You know, mm -hmm. like... 
it's just it's it's crazy um so then we go back to the team right you know and the team is like horrified at what he's done oh yeah you know and wesley and cordy and gun are all like that's it you went too far and then he just fires them Well, and Wesley, so yeah, hard. Wesley mm-hmm. tells him right now, the three of us are all that standing between you and real right. darkness. And mm-hmm. Angel's like, I know you're all fired. Right. And he's making that choice with a soul. This is not Angelus. Yeah. This is Angel. And yeah. I love this space that exists between the two of them. It's so, so good. Like this, and this is exactly what Holland Manners wanted. I mean, not exactly because he didn't want to, I think, get killed. (laughs) But like he wanted, he wanted to make Angel go dark. Mm -hmm. And he did. Um, And so I don't think, I think Angel knows that. And Angel just doesn't care anymore. Oh, yeah. No, Angel has, Angel has crossed a line. And he is going to see it you know, through and he's once, once Angel makes his decision, it is made. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. So that moves us into stake this for which I honestly, I like, I put a Kate thing in here (laughs) because Kate's in the episode very, very briefly, even though Kate was actually okay. It wasn't terrible. It was okay. But I feel like it's, it's tradition. (laughs) I have to stake Kate. Kate was Kate was in the car with Angel. They start going. She, un, you know, she uncuffs him and says, "I don't think I can stop them, but maybe you can." It's actually good, Kate. Yeah. This is all good, Kate. But I put it in stake this because I just had to. I think you're adorable. I could. I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> because tradition. That's why. <laughs> because tradition. Because tradition. We only have three more episodes with Kate, and even if she's good, I'm still going to put her in the stake this segment. <laughs> And also because there was nothing else for Stakeness in this episode because it was really so good. So what do you have for research mode for Reunion? So, okay. First, a silly question. But maybe not silly. Yes. Are Spike and Darla now brother and sister since Drusilla sired them both? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, Gunn was really disturbed by this whole granddaughter siring the grandmother, like all that kind of stuff, like bringing this kind of family space into Mm -hmm. it. Um, And I think it's all a little incestuous, kind of what the the vampires do. So maybe, I don't know. I was just just getting tickled at the idea of them being siblings. All those, uh, the vampire family tree is probably a pretty complicated process (laughs) mapping that out. So in this this idea of wish fulfillment, you know, Holland is, mm-hmm. is trying to act like he's pleasantly surprised when they first walk in. But you see yeah. fear on his face for the first time. Mm-hmm. And Darla says, just think of it as us giving you what you want. I believe you said something about a massacre. Oh, man. You know, and so like, yeah. she is totally Be careful yeah, what you wish for is absolutely it's the theme of season two. I think that's really cool. I hadn't picked up on that. But you're right. That is something that keeps coming yeah, back. I think we're going to yeah. see it more and more. I don't know that it will be the only theme for season two. But I think it's really important. Yeah, So I just I want to keep brooding on it. No, it's really good. And speaking of brooding, all right, I'm going to brood a little bit on Reunion. Reunion is a great episode. And this is where Angel starts to get just so, so good. I love a dark arc and Angel going dark while having a soul is the greatest test of that the soul makes you good hypothesis, which it 
obviously doesn't. Um, Drew and Darla together are wonderful. Juliet Landau is just transcendent in this role. And while it's tough seeing Angel go dark, the choice that he makes to leave everyone, to leave Drew and Darla with the Wolfman Hart lawyers, locking them in, is shocking in a lot of really wonderful ways. And I think this is definitely worth the watch. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So, Kelly, what is making you still thirsty this oh, week? Oh, Darla and Drusilla. Like, oh, yeah. that embrace on the street. Darla mm-hmm. striking Drew's hair. Darla pulling the cell phone out of the top of oh. Drew's dress. <laughs> Drew's like, I'm, I'm ringing all over. <laughs> like, honey, I would have been yeah. too. Um, no. <laughs> and then at the very end, Drusilla telling Angel, spank us mm-hmm. till Tuesday. We promise to be bad if you do. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh yeah. my God. Seriously, this entire episode was made specifically to delight me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that. All right. So what's your favorite part? Drew's entrance is the best yeah. on-screen walk-in ever. When she comes into mm-hmm. that hotel after Lindsay. In that red dress, which is a call out mm-hmm. to Darla, and it looks so damn good on Drusilla. And without a single word, she brushes Dar- uh, Darla's hair back and bites her and then makes her drink. Yeah. Drew does not mess around with the evil villain monologue. Juliet mm-hmm. Landau is incredible, and she commands so much presence in that scene. The ending yeah. of the trial is by far my favorite part. I love it, too. That's what I picked out as my favorite part. That, But for me, it, it was... This heartbreaking, devastating moment. You know, Darla has accepted her fate. Angel has saved her. He saved her soul. They were going to peacefully, you know, be together until she could pass on in a way that was natural and meant to be. And, you know, it's such a wonderful and human moment. And then Lindsay busts through the door, angel style, with goons and Drew. And it is so heartbreaking. So wonderful. Such a wonderful turn. And the thing that I love, too, about bringing Drusilla in in this moment is that we haven't talked about Drusilla. Mm -hmm. Like, we've seen her in the flashbacks, but we haven't talked about her. She hasn't been present on the stage in the now. But when she comes in, it is the most perfect, most natural. Of course, course. that was what was going to happen. It's so, so good. So good. It's so good. So we want to hear about all your favorite parts. To join in the discussion on Twitter, follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag still dead. For more in-depth discussion, visit the Chipperish forums. Go to chipperish.com, click on forum and join in the fun. Or you can support Chipperish Media to the tune of a dollar a month or more and gain access to the live chat in Discord where you can hang out with me and Kelly and all the Chipperish patrons who have beautiful skins. They moisturize. <laughs> it's very thoughtful of them. Visit patreon.com slash Chipperish to find out more. You can also support Still Dead and all of your favorite podcasts by giving us a five soul review on Apple Podcasts. This is the best way to help other folks find the show and to say thanks to our rogue demon hunters who take the time to write reviews we turn to the prophecy scrolls kelly is writing these in reverse order from our first reviews on so post yours now and you'll hear your prophecy soon so kelly what you got for this week for animation girl 43 you shall take a leap of faith into a swimming pool filled with towels still warm from the dryer all (laughs) folded by angel Mm, wrinkle free (laughs) That is the perfect space to contemplate the meaning of things 
or to take a nap. Relax for a while and then head over to the trial. In the lobby, you shall find coffee and bagels and a choose-your-own-adventure game that shall lead you to a Wolfram and Hart wine-tasting party. The butler will ask if you're sure you want to enter. After all, you've earned a choice. Our advice? Run away. But if you insist on going in, remember to bring a towel because Douglas Adams was right about that. (laughs) I love it. This episode of Still Dead was brought to you by Chipperish Media producer and our dear friend Jonathan. Jonathan supports Chipperish Media at the power producer level and as a result gets to lock Darla and Drew in a bomb shelter with whoever he wants. We might have some suggestions. Thank you, Jonathan, (laughs) and thank you to everyone who supports Chipperish Media and makes all this possible. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out how you too can become a Still Dead producer. All right, we'll be back next time with Season 2, Episodes 11, Redefinition, which is a watcher, and Episode 12, Blood Money, which is a skipper. Until then, we're either going to come back with a cure or you're about to see something funny. <laughs> <laughs>